0: Hey, I'm Steph. I'm a motivator, creator, small business owner, and educator. I am a lover of all things health, spirituality, inspiration, and business. These are just a few words to describe me, along with passion, grit, and resiliency. Regardless of what I'm up to, I am soul-driven to create a purpose-filled life and find the advantages in adversity, all while keeping a smile on my face. Soul Driven with Steph is a podcast that will fill up your cup and leave you feeling empowered, inspired, and on fire as you listen to interviews and stories of other soul-driven and strong women that have overcome against all odds. This podcast was a calling on Steph's soul to serve, connect, and share stories of struggles and successes, all to create a community so that you know you're never alone. Grab a cup of coffee, get ready to learn laugh, and leave with wisdom and strategies to connect to your soul and get back in the driver's seat of your life today. Here's Steph. Welcome back to another episode of Soul Driven with Steph. I am so excited to be joined by our guest today. She's actually someone who I met through a very good mutual friend of both of ours, Miss Marianne Baldwin. So, if you're listening to this, Marianne, thank you. Um, Brittany and I met this past uh, early in the year and just had some great conversation. And I just really love what she is doing and building for her community in Iowa and bringing small business to small business owners together. So. Welcome to the show, Brittany Todd.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And yes, hello, Marianne. I'm sure she is listening as she's such a dedicated human to anyone that she's friends with. So yeah, thanks so much for the connection.
0: Yes, I love it. So take us, let's go back to your journey. I know you started in photography. So how did you begin your small business journey with photography? And where did that kind of lead you to new ventures?
1: So I started as a photographer, um, you know, as a kid, I've always loved taking pictures. Uh, It's something I've always had as a hobby, entered in the county fair, but nothing really more than that until I went to college. And I applied to be part of the photography team photo bureau at Luther College as uh, a sophomore at the beginning of my sophomore year and loved it loved getting paid to take pictures at sporting events, at concerts. I got to meet a couple of fun people along the way doing that as well. Um, and after college, I applied to a few different jobs. Um, and a fun fact about me that not a lot of people know, unless they've heard me speak before, as I've never actually been hired for a full-time job. And so I always tell people, you know, there are other options out there. Uh <laughs> And that's, that's one of the reasons I came up with the phrase, when the world tells you no, create your own yes, because I was applying for a lot of jobs right out of college as a hall director and wanted to go into residence life. Um, and I went to a basically a speed dating for hall directors. Um, it's, it's the Oshkosh Placement Exchange in Wisconsin. And you interview with all of the people you could ever possibly want to work with. I think I had 10 interviews in one day, talk about emotionally draining. Um my, my first rejection was in my mailbox before I even finished my first round of interviews and I was like, "Oh, wow, this is going to be a hard day today." Um and so that kept I kept going through the process with that, made it to the final round at multiple schools and we thought for sure we were going to this one school in particular and I was like, didn't get this other one. I was the runner up, not a big deal. The next day someone else called me. I was the runner up, not a big deal. We're going to this other school interview went well on campus interview went great. My husband and I, we were about to be married. We're like, we're moving to this town after the wedding. Everything's great. Got a phone call and they were like, so, you know, everything went really well, but you're our runner up. And I was like, oh, Okay. We're getting married in two months. Um, Neither one of us had a full-time job because we thought we were moving. So my husband hadn't applied for anything yet um, in anywhere near here in Decorah because we thought we were leaving town. And instead we were starting with nothing. He went to school for education and without any experience, he wanted to be a PE teacher there's only one per school, right? It's not like second grade and there's five in each district or whatever it is. And um, he, excuse me, he he was like, "Well, I guess I could substitute teach." And I was like, "Well, I don't know what I'm doing." So here we go. Um, so that that was the first six months after graduation. I graduated in January, and that that brings us to the summertime. I was nannying for a family at the time, but nothing that was like a career. Nothing that was a salary. It was a very part time just as I was um, basically waiting for Nathan to graduate and have our wedding and move. So I started taking pictures on the side. And um, the first time somebody asked me to do it, my boss from Luther, he was like, Hey, these people are looking for engagement pictures. And I was like, Okay, what do I charge? And he's like, What do you think you should charge? And I was like, $50. $50. Uh-huh. He was like, he's like $50. And I was like, yeah, I think that sounds good. And he was like, no, that doesn't sound good. I was like, no, I think it does. It's my first one. Like, let's just, let's just go with that. I, I charged them 50. They tipped me, they gave me 75, which when you go by percentage, that's a very large tip, right? Yes. Um, I think they knew that they were getting a steal of a deal with that situation. Um, and then he referred someone else to me. And then this person referred someone to me. And I was like, you know, this this is a good side gig. I'm gonna apply to be a hall director again next year. It's all gonna be what I thought it was gonna be, and, and it's gonna be fine. Well, the next year came around and um I was pregnant with our first son, and I was like, you know, maybe a residence hall isn't the best place to raise a newborn. Like maybe post bar time. I mean, we'd all be awake, right? Like there that would have been the pro to that. We all would have been awake at 2 a.m. But I was like, I don't know that that's for me, but this right now, maybe later, maybe we can revisit that. So photography jobs kind of kept coming in and I started charging more of what I was worth at that time. Um, The more knowledge that I had, the more equipment that I had, the more experience that I had. um, I just started offering different things here and there slowly started adding in weddings, which is extremely overwhelming when you've yet to be married yourself, right? Um, and so that my first wedding was ended up being a month before we got married. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what what was important in a wedding day yet. I barely even attended any at that point in my life. Um and it slowly just started building by referrals, word of mouth especially, I have hardly ever paid for any advertising. Um, Even Facebook ads, Instagram ads, like word of mouth is just so key as many small business owners know and come to realize over the years that if you have a customer who loves you, they will tell the world about it. And that is worth so much more than any billboard or radio ad because it's that trust factor. They, They want to work with you. So, fast forward, um, I was still nanning for the same family through all of this. And I remember the day that I told them, I don't think I can do this anymore because my business has actually become something. And I think I want to do that full time. And that transition piece of I made $50 to I can support my family Mm -hmm. was just like, holy smokes, this is going to be something. And how exciting is this that? I even I didn't know that. And I think that's something to really take note of is people who are just starting something out. You have no idea where that might take you and just to keep that open mind with it cuz I didn't believe that it wouldn't happen, but I also didn't believe that it would until about 4 or 5 years in when I started seeing more people booking me, prices were actually something that could sustain our family. And then it, it just exploded. I would say about year four or five, um, I was going from like eight or 10 weddings a year to in the 20s and low 30s, um, having second shooters, having people shoot weddings without me. And then I was just doing the editing and the communication side of things and sending the team out the amount of trust that you have to have in your team to represent your brand in what they say, in what they do, in the product we all deliver together. Um, and that went on for a total of 13 years, um, yeah. which then brought us to where we are today and, and, and wanting to be part of um, people's stories in a, in a new and exciting way with, with Reset and the Small Business Conference, which I know we'll get to eventually here. But I learned so much in those first 13 years of owning a business. That has gotten me to where I am today in reading people and communicating with people, laying out expectations in advance, and not waiting till after the fact to try to make a correction, making sure we're on the same page right away from the beginning. And um, just the relationships that I've gotten to build with people over those years is something really special. That's it's It's my favorite part. <laughs> Excuse me. It's my favorite part. To look back on how many people are my friends now that I met at their family session, at their engagement session, did their wedding, did their maternity, did years of their life. And now we get to live side by side with our kids playing together or going to events together and just getting to be part of that story still.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And to do anything, I feel like for longer than a decade is just like, I mean, that's when you really start to see the growth that you have personally and professionally over time. So I know that you own a couple of other businesses as well with your husband. What made you decide to kind of take on new ventures?
1: So um, the first one was our ice cream shop um and ironically when i had a studio downtown in decora it was across the street from this ice cream shop that was for sale and i remember very distinctly the day my husband called and was like so remember how i've been researching this ice cream shop for my masters degree he had to solve a problem with a real business and he's mm-hmm. like i'm going to find a small business i don't want to help like Walmart solve a problem, right? Like they've got enough people. I'm going to find a small business. So he contacted, um, the owner because the business was for sale for quite a while. And he's like, let's see if we can help you sell this business. Like, let's figure out what the problem is. And he called me, um, and I'm standing in the window of my studio, staring across the street at this building that says for sale, big phone number. And he's like, I think we are supposed to buy the ice cream shop. (laughs) And I just like, I was like, "Um, sir, run this by me. Just one more time. I was like, I think it's cheating. If you solve the problem for your final exam, that you're supposed to be helping this business on ourselves. Right. And so he, he's like, no, I think people don't understand the amount of time he's putting into this business without any form of advertising. None. Like his Facebook page was like, we are open for the season today. And then the next post, we're closed for the season. <laughs> See you in March. Right. And it was like, no advertising, just word of mouth. Again, coming back to that, he had a functioning business for eight years before he was before he sold it on word of mouth alone mm-hmm. in a town of 8,000 people. I and and he literally built it from the ground up. Like this man literally built the building, put in the plumbing, re- refurbished the antiques that are in there, everything. And so, um, we we joked around about it for a little bit, but I was like, "You're serious, aren't you?" He's like, "I am." He's like, "This man makes more in six months than I do as a year as a teacher." And I was like, "Oh." Yeah. Okay, it's opposite, right? You work in the summer, you work March through November, work is in quotes, because you work 24 seven as a small business owner. But you (laughs) have a storefront open March through November, closed during the holidays, closed during the winter months, Yeah, time with your family that he wasn't currently getting with needing to supplement in the summer with other jobs and myself included. I think at one time we were together holding seven jobs um, to collectively, like pay all of our bills and, and develop a savings account. Um, And so that was round one. And this is again, PE teacher, health minor, then went to get his master's in, in business and leadership, um, management and leadership. And he's like, we should buy an ice cream shop. And I was like, okay, I'm a numbers person. I'm a visual person. When it comes to that, show me it's going to work. Show me how it's going to work. We'll figure out the rest, but if you can prove to me that like financially, we're not going to struggle while we figure this out, um then we let's let's take a stab at it. let's give it a shot. So that's how we ended up in the food industry at all um, and we purchased that that business in two thousand seventeen. We were gonna have both our boys in school that fall um or the next fall. So we started in May. We purchased it in May. We had our first season. Um holidays come around. And that's when we found out we were expecting our third son, uh, which was a surprise in so many ways. While we now have a business um that needs us in it. Mm-hmm. Right. And and needs us doing um, I have my my studio downtown again because all the kids, the kids are in school. We can be in our spaces, and we had to navigate that pretty quickly. Um, by the time he came around in August, we were doing our first full season, but it worked. It was, you know, it was some long hours. The boys definitely learned how to adapt to having free time in an ice cream shop. Not necessarily something they minded in those first few years of owning it, um, and then it was a few years later. Um, we had an opportunity to expand it. And we've expanded the shop into a few different ways at this point in time. And uh, when it comes to taking risks without risking success, uh, the, the topic for January here, um, we've taken a lot of risks. And at first, I would say to other people, it looked like we risked success. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Things were going well why don't you just keep doing them how you're doing them? Why are you, why are you changing it? Why are you trying something new? Um, and to your comment of doing something for a decade or more is a testament to like how much you love it or how much you're willing to try at it. And we just completed our seventh season with this downtown location, but we've expanded it into um, a college campus location. We expanded it into a different community and we've expanded it into a traveling trailer that mm-hmm. can go to festivals and events. Um, one of those things, we no longer have the business in a, in another town. Just at the time of life we're in, that was something that took too much time from our family. Um, it's different when it's a half mile down the street than yeah. when it is 45 minutes away. When yeah. someone calls in sick or there's a, an equipment issue or it's snowing and you need to shovel. Like these are things that it's just like, oh, this is so different when you're 45 minutes away versus 45 seconds. Um, and there's, there's a lot more to that part of the story as well, but that is something that was like, man, we weren't even there for two years and we had to close the doors after I just had a successful business still did during that time. Mm -hmm. Right. I know how to run a business. He knows how to run a business. On the on the outside, it looked like to these people, we were new to this community. Man, they didn't even make it two years. They must not know what they're doing. Or is it the community? Or was it the food? Or was it? There was just so much that went into that. And it was a very long discussion of why we shouldn't be in that community anymore. Um, and And like I mentioned, for the betterment of our family right now and the ages of our kids, it was, uh, it was time to step back from that, um, which when you run a business conference for small business owners and you teach them how to successfully run a small business, it is extremely difficult to get on social media and tell people you have to close a business.
0: Well, I think that that we connect Brittany because I did the same thing and I've been in the thick of that for the last probably year and a half too. And being someone who just like you run a business conference, have this community of female small business owners to say, hey, we tried this thing. It ran its course. It was good while it was. But sometimes it's not, like you said, it's not something that you can even change or fix. It's maybe just like, this isn't working for me anymore. It's not that Mm -hmm. the business itself isn't viable. It's just not working for my family, like you said. Or for me, it was just, this isn't what I want anymore. I actually want to expand into different industries and do new things. And I can't put all of my energy into those new things. If I have something else that I still need to pour into, you know, yeah. day after day or week after week. Um, but that's like the beauty of the seasons, right? Is like we have seasons of businesses and seasons where things serve us in such a beautiful way and then they don't. And like, that's just life. Right. So, but it yeah. is so hard to admit that, I think. Because you feel like not only are you letting down other people, but for me, I felt like I was letting down by not making the decision, I was letting down myself. So it was like, Mm -hmm. either let down other people or let down myself, right? Right. At the end of the day, um, doing what's best for you and your family is ultimately, you know, what you have to do, but it doesn't make it any easier (laughs) to try to explain it or to just even find peace with it within yourself. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit because one of my questions was, you know, what is the biggest challenge that you've overcome? And I would maybe this is it. Go into it a little bit deeper and tell us, like, um, just give us the glimpse into the behind the scenes of what that looked like for you in that season.
1: Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot that goes into starting a business, expanding a business, closing a business. Um, you know, you could say at the end of the day it wasn't making enough money, right? Like it was it was losing money in full <laughs> transparency for a long time. Um, and we tried everything. We tried different forms of advertising. We tried collaborations. We tried different hours. We tried expanded hours. We tried concising the hours and days even of like make them crave it all week long, right? And we're just going to be open Thursday to Sunday. Um, if something is making you a lot of money, but doesn't make you happy. I feel like there's a way that you can make it work of well, I'll just hire a manager or I'll hire a store, you know, whatever, and I'll just scale back and pay everybody else, and then here's my owner draw, you know, owner's draw. Um, but it wasn't even that anymore, and I didn't realize it until after we closed the first few days that I woke up that I didn't have to check my phone immediately to see if something was wrong at the shop. I was like, Oh, this is what it feels like to really be present. Like I, and that's not a phrase I use very often, to be honest, like, I feel like being present looks different for everyone. Um, And as someone who works from home, and had our kids full time through their whole first three, four five years of life, depending on the kiddo. And when they went to preschool, being present isn't just like I'm sitting here and I'm looking you in the eye. And I am engaging in conversation, because what's happening in the back of my mind could be totally taking over this conversation right now.
0: You right. know, being
1: being present could also be, hey, I'm going to edit some pictures while I'm talking to you. Because that causes any distractions in the back of my mind because I'm looking at what I'm editing and now I'm talking to you, right? So, so I realized after the fact and my husband was wanting to close the shop probably 6 months before I was. Um I'm a very not that he's not, but I'm a very empathetic person in the sense that I will often choose other people's emotions over my own. And that's one of the things that I'm really working on is It might hurt someone's feelings if I don't go to their event, but is it worth it for me to be there and just be thinking about, can I leave now? That doesn't help anybody at the end of the day, right? So same with this business. I kept holding on for the people in the community. And I thought I was holding on for myself and this concept of, I run a small business conference. I can I can give people the connection they need to solve any business problem, essentially. That's the goal of Reset. You need financial assistance? Let's get you in touch with this person. You need workforce assistance? Let's get you in touch with this person. You need marketing assistance? Let me help you with that, right? We had all of those pieces. And for some reason, combining them together, it wasn't working. And and I'm still not exactly sure why. Um, but stepping away from it was one of the most emotional things that I've ever gone through because I called every staff member personally to explain to them and they were all high school, college students. Like none of them were doing this for survival mode to pay bills. You know, it was all just like extra spending money, but we develop a community in our businesses. At least we attempt to. and. From what I can tell so far, it's working. We see our staff members hanging out outside of work, and especially in a really small community. I think I think the population of um, Fayette, Iowa, is less than a thousand people if you don't include the college. Um, so when when your staff members are all the same age and there's nothing else to do in town, uh, even their school wasn't in the town. The college was, but the high school wasn't. They spent so much time in that space and so i wasn't taking away a job from them i was taking away their safe space to hang out and to to have friends and to gather and to study and to you know spend their free time and that was the hardest part was i was still going to have that in my community i can still have that with the friends i have here um they they didn't have they didn't have other options you know, it's like we were the only place in town where you could sit and hang out that wasn't a bar. And so if A, if you're not old enough, B, if that's not your jam, or you don't feel comfortable in that setting, this what you had this space or like the library, right? But like that's not, I'm not gonna go to the library to hang out with five friends and like have coffee. You know, that's not that's not where you're going to do that. Um, so the The challenge was actually more so overcoming it emotionally yeah, and ensuring that nobody there thought it was their fault of like, well, was I not working hard enough if I would have not called in sick that week and that customer went to got mad, you know, whatever stories they told themselves, I'd like to think we did a good job navigating that and making sure they were all aware of like, it's, it's not any one thing. It's not just the finances. It's not just who's working here or do we have enough sets of hands? It was just such a combination of all of the above. Um, That this is probably one of the first times I've talked about it without crying. (laughs)
0: Well, that's great. And that shows like that healing. I call it like the healing journey of the entrepreneurial trauma because it is a real thing. And it's not something that, I feel a lot of business owners openly talk about and I personally feel like that's part of my reason of going through it because yeah. like just being transparent and I think for you coming out on the other side as well like you know I'm always trying to pull the threads like okay why did I go through this what did I learn how can I use this to help other people and I think that's what it is like to show that Hey, I've gone through really dark seasons of small business ownership and I came out on the other side a better person. I'm not bitter about it. I grew mm-hmm. through it. And I think sometimes we need those things to challenge us or just not work out like we wanted them to in order for us right. to find what we're actually supposed to be spending our time and energy doing um and mm-hmm. you know pulling back from that one location for you or me pulling back my energy from my first business has only allowed me to grow in new ways and new areas and new right. businesses that are just more fulfilling me in this season of life that I'm in so mm-hmm. it's hard to see that when you're in it <laughs> and like you said the emotional piece of it i think is the hardest part Um, because it's not something you want to talk about or can even talk about without crying. Um, And eventually you will be able to, and it'll be one of the best stories that you'll probably be able to tell. And I think it really allows you to have that sympathy and empathy for the business owners that are in that season, because we will all be in a dark season at some point, maybe it just takes us a long time to get there. But we're all going to have those like highs and lows. And I think if you don't have them, you're not relatable and you can't really truly put yourself into someone's shoes to give them that sound wisdom and advice that you're going to be able to give now to say, hey, I've been Mm -hmm. there. It didn't work out. I was so heartbroken about it. But I came out of it, I made that decision and I did this, this, and this after the fact. And like I just think it's a way to connect with people on an even deeper level.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's been almost exactly a year, or it's just over exactly a year. I my time hop popped up to tell me December seventh was when we announced that we were gonna be closing the location. And I'm like, wow. That has been the longest, shortest year (laughs) of my life. Like I was like, oh, it's only been a year. Like it seems years in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, But like you said, the opportunity that came is the final business in the piece of our puzzle right now. Um, December 7th, we closed our door or we announced we closed our doors. We closed them. I think it was December 23rd, like just before Christmas. Um, and we kind of, you know, clearanced it all out. We did what we could, went and did Christmas with my husband's family, came back and like packed it all up and, and drove it the rest of the way home. Um, but February 8th, I got a text message literally two months later. That's like, Hey, when you get a minute, I need to talk to you about something. I don't know if you've ever gotten one of those messages. But I was immediately like, I'm going to the principal's office. What did I do wrong? Who did I make mad? Is someone going to cry? Like, and I don't know why, like, I've never had an issue with this person ever. I don't know why that was my first instinct. And it was the owner of Mill Street Mocha. And she, uh, she was approaching us because she said we, our business grew more than we expected, faster than we expected. Um, her and her business partner, Michelle, Deneen and Michelle, um, they started Mill Street Mocha as like, it sounds crazy, like a side hustle. Um, some people, you know, start things in their home. They built a drive through coffee shop a- in a community that didn't have one and it just exploded. And, and they were, they, they have other full-time jobs. They are in the grandchildren side of life, where they are just wanting to like, love on these kids. (laughs) They don't want to be working every day. (laughs) Yes, no. And so they thought this was going to be like, it's going to do what it does. We're going to go have coffee and go on walks. And after our full time job, you know, Saturdays, we'll talk about the business. And they were like, it was growing so fast. They were there seven days a week, one or the other. Wow. And doing their full time jobs. And then um, in January last year, they decided that fe- February of this past year, I mean, um, they closed on Sundays. And right after they made that announcement, they reached out to us and they said, you know, we, c- we gave first first dibs to the coffee roaster himself uh, mm-hmm. because he is the one in charge of all the coffee happening in this space. Right. Um, but but he wasn't wasn't wanting to expand in that way. Um, as there's other ventures happening in their business at the time. And we had helped them from the beginning. We had meetings with them um, through, you know, my knowledge of small business ownership and all the different people that I'm connected with in the community. We were set up to meet with them about how should they, how should they market this? How should they set it up? Here are some of the problems we're running into. Is this normal for building or for advertising or... What point of sale should we use? And so Nathan and I met with them multiple times Um, and then they'd run a special and they'd say, how would you advertise this? Or what are your thoughts? And that was for, you know, the first year and a half plus the six months beforehand when we were just meeting with them. And so for them to come to us two months after we just closed a business and I'm like, everyone thinks we're failures and doesn't know how to own a business. And they're like, Hey, actually, do you want to own a new business? And I was, I just was shocked. i responded to her phone call and said, you know, this isn't how I thought this phone call was going to go. I thought you <laughs> had a question on marketing. Um, so I'm going to need some time to talk to my husband about this because, right, this mental load that just got lifted in December was about to be back on my plate if I said yes. Waking up in the mornings to a business that is functioning, perhaps before I'm awake on certain days, you know, and that's, that's not anything that I'll hide, right? There are people who open the shop without me. Um, am I ready for that again? And Nathan from the beginning has said, we can do this. We in quotes, in the sense of I can do that. If I want this, it is mine and I will do it. His job is payroll, sales tax, and you know like the that financial side of things um not because i don't want to or don't know how but he already does that for our other business and again it's the same point of sales cuz we helped them set it up 2 years ago Easy. and so yeah. yeah he is he just goes in and he pays payroll for this one switches businesses pays payroll for that one right so that's his side of it but all the rest of it is on for me to have responsibility of. So that, the hiring, the training, the ordering, um, the specials, the marketing, it's a lot. It, it really is. But I have such an amazing staff and they all came with the package, right? They all had choices, obviously. They weren't like, you have to still work here. But we had a lot of conversations in advance, especially with the two managers. There were two at the time we only have one. She was very open about that of it will have nothing to do with you guys. I've already been looking for other more permanent full-time jobs. Um and so I knew that was coming eventually. I didn't know it would be as quick as it was. So that was a little bit of a shock, but she's like I'm going to stay with another for another month so that you can train people, have time to get your, you know, feet wet a little bit with what's happening here. And she's like and then I'll be starting in at the beginning of the school year in a school system, so I had her for about seven weeks uh, before I had to rely on the then assistant manager. And we joked. My first meeting with her was, "So this is going to go a little different than we both thought." But are you ready to be the full time manager? And she's and she kind of laughed and she's like, "I had a feeling that's what you were going to say." Um, and so she she's doing amazing. Um, her name's Madison call her Maddie. She is, I still ask her questions on a weekly basis. You know, should we have more than two bottles of this on hand? If we're going to run that special, how quickly does that go over? Everything is my first time. I might know how to run a business. I might know how to market a new product, but I don't know what people ask for in this drive-through in particular. I'm like, do we really need orange mochas? And then five minutes later, somebody orders an orange mocha and I'm like, okay, we need orange mochas. Those are a thing I didn't know. Right. Um, and so it's, it's just great to have her to rely on, but had we had the shop last that we had in December, when they asked me this question would have been a hard, no, not a chance we could add anything to our plate. And the crazy part of the connection with all of it is Our campus location serves coffee and ice cream and food. And so when we left our Fayette location, we were using the same roaster that I have at Mill Street Mocha in the drive-thru. Well, when we brought coffee to the campus, we, we conversed with the roaster, we conversed with Mill Street Mocha, and I said, we want to use you as our roaster. But I don't think it's fair to compete, compete in quotes, with the same roaster when you already are using it at Mill Street Mocha in our community. And he agreed, they agreed, we're just going to have to find something else. And it's not that I don't want to use him and, and Euphoria's Coffee, but we always said we wouldn't compete with other people in our community in that way of selling the same product. And so we went to a different roaster for a while. Well, now that we own Mill Street Mocha, we are our own competitor, right? So now we're using that same coffee on campus. We're working with the same roaster we worked with in Fayette. We're doing the same line of products we were doing in Fayette. I didn't have any coffee knowledge before Fayette at all. I barely even drank coffee. Um, So I had to learn what it means to pull a shot to tamp something, to use a portafilter, like words that sound so foreign. If you're not a barista, (laughs) I had all of that training with the same person who helped train and open Mill Street Mocha. And so this full circle concept of of like, Oh, now I understand why we were only there for 18 months. And it felt like it was for nothing And we let all these people down. And this weight was just on me, lifted for a moment in time, but still not sure why this happened. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they just answered that question for us. Not even I don't think fully realizing everything I was going through at that time. Yeah. And so so yeah, now all like half our vendors are the same at our college campus. And here, it's now Sugar Bowl featuring Mill Street Mocha. It's a collaboration of our two businesses together in one space and like you're saying now when I teach I can teach from the fact of yeah to other people it looked like I failed right it looked like what are you doing you couldn't even make that work and now you're going to teach us how to make something work and it's like I don't have all the answers you can't come to reset and expect that I am this like end all be all. I know everything and I can answer any question. I can brainstorm with you over any Mm -hmm. question and I can connect you with others who have done it. If I haven't right, but adding that section on to life now of, yeah, I thought I failed too. But when people say that it's not a failure, and it it really is happening for a reason. It sucks when you're in it. There's no hiding that. It was horrible. Right? Okay. It was not something I would ever want someone to go through. But when I can stand up in front of people and tell them that and show them like the emotion that is still linked to that a year later and I'm sure will be and then have someone come up to me and say I had a business fail as well and I was afraid what people would think if I started something new. And mm-hmm. I was like we can, spend, we can spend all day thinking about what other people think of us. We can spend all day thinking about what other people say about us. But we are the ones living with our truths, whether or not they know the full story. So you right. might as well go out there and do what it is that you are wanting to put your energy into. And, and gesturing to you for those who are listening like you knew, you knew that's not what you wanted to do. And it, it doesn't mean it was easy. It doesn't mean that you just decide one day, like, gonna close the doors, gonna try something new, hope you'll come along with me. No. Like, no. life is so easy. Look at all this money I have to invest in a new business. That's not, I'm guessing, not at all. That's not at all no. what we were thinking. <laughs> and it's, it's very much like, are people gonna even come and shop here? Or are they gonna assume like, well, let's see how long this business lasts. The other one only lasted so long.
0: Right. Yes. And I think we are like, absolutely our own worst critic of just, I mean, the thoughts that we have in our head are probably way worse than what anyone else is even thinking anyways. Right. Right. But it doesn't mean that it's not there. So being able to Mm -hmm. kind of shush some of those thoughts and just continue to move forward anyways, even when you're not confident or, you know, that whole imposter syndrome of doing something new because you've never done it before or something yeah. your previous experience, it didn't work out the way you hoped. So that can often cloud your confidence to do something new because, Well, that didn't Mm -hmm. work. So, this might not work either. So, let's talk a little bit about your topic for the InnoVision webcast. So, it's uh, small business strategies um, on, I almost said July, January 4th. (laughs) Not July, January, January 4th. There we go. Yeah. One of our speakers for InnoVision. So this is a webcast that'll be online. Anyone can stream it anywhere. And you are speaking to how to successfully take risks without risking success. So what can we expect to learn from your session?
1: So I feel like the title kind of gives it away. Um, And a little bit about what we've talked about so far today of when it comes to planning out, where you want your business to be a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, that's going to look very different to everyone. If we're all given the same plan in front of us right now, if everyone who is listening is given this page that says, here's the supplies you're given, the money you're given, the staff you're given plan this business for a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. Um, which I'm even hesitant at this point in life to plan anything past a year from now. Uh, Because we joke joke with our tax accountant that every year we say, this is the year everything will be the same as next year. And then we show up every year and we're like, so we expanded our business. We bought a business. We sold a business. We have this other new thing, right? And so this year we said, we're not even gonna tell her that anymore. We're just gonna pretend everything will be different next year. Mm -hmm. And then maybe it won't be. Um, but even if we take the business a year from now with everything laid out in front of us, there will be something similar in everybody's plan a year from now. I'm assuming everyone will still plan to be in business a year from now. My guess is people aren't going to look at this and say, well, that business is going to fail. I'm going to sell it in six months. Right? So we're all going to have that in common. What I really encourage people to do is to find the thing that isn't already happening in a similar business and try it. And a simple example I can give, and this isn't unique to just us by any means, but in uh, January of 2020, we had an intern who helped us design our first apparel line. And for an ice cream shop. Okay. She spent the month doing polls on Instagram, people casting votes. Which design do we like best? Which colors do we like best? Do we want sweatshirts? Do we want t shirts? And she created this sense of um, excitement. Her name's Riley. And at the end of that month, we purchased our first round. Of apparel for an ice cream shop. That was our big investment that year. Take note of the date we did that January of 2020.
0: Right. Yes. We
1: invested in boxes of apparel that four days before we could open our shop for the season, we found out we can't open our shop for the season. So the state shut down on Sunday. We were supposed to open on Friday. Um, And now we have boxes of apparel that people have never touched before, have never seen in real life, can't try on. And Mm -hmm. somehow we need to sell that because it's already ordered and it's sitting in our living room.
0: Right. Yes.
1: Right. So that was one every when we did our first video with it, we did a live video, we showed it off. We tried stuff on. We told people, what size do I usually wear? What size am I currently wearing in this video? We had our then uh, two-year-old put on adult-sized sweatshirts. He looked like Yoda, just waddling around the house, um, like with the arms just dangling around. Mm -hmm. And we sold apparel in a live video that people had never seen or touched or tried on before. Yeah. Maybe don't start with that right? Like maybe don't start. But we didn't know. We didn't know when we were designing it. Everything was just like, "Mm, we don't know what this COVID thing is. Everything's fine. It's still far away. We're placing our order still far away. We're getting closer and closer to opening day. And we're like, what is going on? Nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. But to this day, that same apparel, same colors, we introduce some new colors every year but some standard ones that are just tried and true, sell out every time. Um, That same sweatshirt design is in our shop four years later. It'll be back in this spring um, when we reopen. It often sells out in certain sizes and is essentially then free marketing and advertising for your business. Anything with your business on it is free advertising. Again, do we pay for advertising? not anymore. We did a billboard once. I don't think we sold one of the product that was on the billboard for the two or three months that it was on there um, because it was a new item and nobody knew where to, that it was ours. They couldn't tell by that recognition. right? Um, and so instead, we're like that word of mouth. It would be better for us to do an apparel sale and get 100 sweatshirts in circulation in our community than it is to invest in This, this, or this, which for some people, social media marketing works really well at advertising and paying for ads. Um, That's just not something that we have chosen to do because we we choose to do it other ways. That would be just one example of we did all the research for it. We didn't just buy the apparel. We didn't just design it ourselves and plop it out in front of people. They were part of the process. And yep. they, they were excited about it because they had chosen that design. They had been voting on colors. They had been voting on styles. And then when it, when it came out and they wanted to be one of the first people to own something they were a part of, that's where it became more unique. Do so you think about any big box store? You don't get to go in there and ask them, could you design this t-shirt and sell it? I would really like to buy one, we just go and we just purchase whatever is there, or we come back the next time, you know, we keep searching for that one item we're looking for. But here it was like it was a community thing. And you could you could vote from anywhere, you don't have to live here to vote, right? Mm -hmm. You were voting on social media. Um, So that was that was a risk, though. Even before we knew people right. couldn't yeah, come
0: you're and try it on. Product. Yeah. Right. And you're not just, just buying a couple t-shirts.
1: <laughs> right. And you can yeah. vote all day long on social media about, I want to try your hamburger at the local shop, right? That doesn't mean you're going to go for lunch and get it right then and there. Exactly. We just had to trust that people were as excited as they were, as they were leading on. Um, and that, that's proven to be, have been a successful thing for us. Um, now when it comes to what did we do, um, with our other business and that risk that went into that, sure, looking back, I would absolutely still do it that way. And I don't think we could have done any more research than we did. We spent quite a few months, um, touring the community, talking to people in the community, asking people what was missing, what food items do you want? What hours do you want? we didn't just show up, open a shop and hope people joined us. Um, but what does that look like in your community? Um, right. Well,
0: I love what, that. Yeah. piece of gathering the c- gathering feedback, right? We've been talking about this a lot with small business sister circle, because so often I see and I've done this myself in the past, I've made the mistake of just putting something out there that I think people want, right? Or packaging it in a way that I assume they're going to want to receive that product or service. And then the response is not what I hoped it would be. Instead of just Mm -hmm. quitting and saying, oh, well, that stinks. I guess I'm just don't know what people want. Well, ask them, like actually ask them what they want. You know, could you repackage something that you already offer in a way that would drive more revenue or that would you right. know, meet that demand or need that people are actually looking for? So if we're not actually asking what people want. We have no idea. We're just kind of like, you know, flying blind, really, which I think we all do in the first few years because we don't really know what sure. we don't know. And, you know, we're just winging it. <laughs> but as you get further into business and you start to, you know, develop strategy and take bigger risks, right? The further you get into mm-hmm. it, the bigger the risks are going to be. Like, you have to do your research. You ha- And the research isn't right. just, you know, Googling this or that or statistic. It, it's literally, like you said, going out into your community or being on social media, being actively engaged with your community, online and in person, and asking for that real time feedback, opinion, input, and then you deliver what they're looking for, and actually get the results that you want.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, in the in the write up for the presentation, I, I had mentioned, there are certain things in the business world, that are proven to, to work, right. And are Uh proven to make profit. And if you don't do that, if you don't know your cost of goods, Mm -hmm. you you can't price something accurately. You can't just hope a drink sells at, Oh, it'll sell at $2 a piece. You bet it will. And you will have an insane amount of sales that day, but you're not going to have any profit right and and you're you're going to lose money it doesn't matter how many of them you sell if you don't know your cost of goods going into it and and that cost per drink so there are certain things that they are tried and true they work that's how people are successful but what can you personally alter and change and make your own along the way we're a drive-through coffee shop that sells pulled pork sandwiches I love and, that. Right? Like, and and I had someone, <laughs> I, had, I had a student who's working with me right now, and shout out to internships, and uh, that is something yeah. else that, that can be considered a risk, and perhaps that'll be worked into the January 4th um, yeah. presentation, because I cannot say enough about internships. I mean, that's how we got our apparel line, designed mm-hmm. by an intern, all that information, collaboratively, of course. But but she spearheaded it. Mm-hmm. One of the first things that our intern we're working with right now, who's doing the financial side of an internship, he said, I can't wait to hear why you have pulled pork sandwiches at a coffee shop. That's a drive-through coffee shop when other people have just drinks. Like you're just there, you get your drink and you go on your car, you know, your car ride, your trip, you're going to work, whatever that is. And I was like, oh. I responded back, let me just tell you if I take this pulled pork off the menu, there's going to be a riot. Same with Barb's potato salad. Um Barb is literally the creator and maker of the potato salad. Um I believe, you know, I won't I won't say her age in case she doesn't want to share that, but she's um somewhere between 50 and 100. Uh as far and so Barb's potato salad you know is good. Because it's oh, like yeah. when you go to a church picnic, right? Like yeah, you yes. you look to see who brought what. Um, and that is Barb. She is, she's amazing. She puts her own little flair and touch. And I swear it's just like made with love. And that's what helps uh, sell it, right? But we have people who come through the drive-thru of a coffee shop and only get Barb's potato salad and they go on wow. their way. Yeah. And these are, these are not, this is not your standard coffee shop, right? And so all of the expansion items going into it for us with now myself as as the owner has been very carefully considered and analyzed of, okay, what is selling? What isn't? And when I add something in moving forward, which I'm really excited because a few of them are getting added this week. So by the time we get to January 4th, um, I'll be able to talk more freely about some of the things happening during our big 12 days coming up here. Everything has been carefully analyzed and considered of, can it go out a drive through window without spilling? Can they receive it well on the other end? Can they travel with it? And has anyone ever asked about something in that category? Because I can think it's a great idea, but if nobody else has ever shown interest, does, is it actually going to sell? or is that just me hoping i have a great idea that i can put out into the world and and expand that way. So, uh, yeah, i'm really excited to bring a lot of that to the table and you know, if it's if it's something that people want to send me some questions in advance, you know, i would be happy to take some of those thoughts into consideration when planning this out of hey, here's a risk that i'm i'm wanting to take. And I just can't find that missing piece. You know, I I think it really just comes down to go to, back to old school paper, pencil, pros and cons. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. And gonna ask,
0: are you going to give us some of the strategy of like, here's how I would sit down yeah. and look at this risk and what are, you know, pros and cons and, and reflecting on, you know, what is, what's, what am I going to gain? What is this going to take away from? Is it going to complement right. things that I already do? What's the yes. time commitment? What's the energy? What you know, is it a lot of upfront? And then it'll like run on its own? Or is it just something that I'm going to have to continuously pour into? Like all of those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm sure we will be able to tap into with your session. So I'm so excited. I do want to ask before we wrap, is Tell us about reset. What is it? Where did it come from? When is it? All the details. Yeah.
1: So um, I'll I'll do the very short version of this because I feel like it can take an hour in itself to go through all of that. But um, that same January 2020, um, my husband and I went to a business conference. Actually, it was November of 19, and that's where we got this this fire and this energy of what can we do with our business in the off season to bring something new to the table in 2020. It was gonna be our year, Stephanie. 2020 is gonna be our year for so many people. Um, <laughs> but in particular, we were just like fired up and excited to take this business that just a couple years before, right? Had zero advertising and marketing, was very just like, five, every day was the same. There were no specials, there was nothing added. It was the same thing for eight years. What can we bring to the table? That will only bring more people in and will make it even more welcoming. That is just such a huge part of everything we do, that everyone is welcome in our spaces. If you are respectful to the people in our building, we will be respectful to you. And that's all that we ask, right? No matter where you are, even if that's in the drive through Anyone and everyone can come through that drive through The moment you're disrespectful to the staff, we're going to have some kind words with each other. Thankfully, we've never had to deal with that, right? Um, so we have we're we're on fire for what we're bringing to our business this year. We were already marking our calendars for the 2020 conference. That was going to take place in November of that year. We had the days booked off, everything was set. We already had parents lined up to be babysitters, all these things. As the year trickled on, it was pretty obvious that It was most likely going to be canceled in person, but I thought for sure they'll do something virtual, right? They already have all these people hungry to come. And now we're feeling lost about what the heck is going on. Right. And then they canceled it and they canceled it completely. They were just like, there is no conference at all. And I was working with a small business counselor at the time through uh, Northeast Iowa Community College, which is a free service. And I looked at her and I said, if, if they're going to cancel this conference, then I think we need to bring a business conference to Northeast Iowa. Not everybody can travel. Like we had the opportunity to travel as cheaply as we did it. Um, we, we budgeted for that. We made that work. We counted it as our like couples vacation that year. We're super exciting people. Um, And my mom could come watch the kids. You know, there wasn't a lot to invest except our time. And we were closed because it was the off season. So we weren't hiring extra staff. The stars just aligned for us. And I said, that doesn't work for everyone. We're in a childcare desert right now. We finally have a new facility being built. But the majority of people in town, if you are literally, when you find out you are expecting, you have to be on a wait list for childcare here. And that's, you know, that's about 18 months before you actually need it. Right. Um, and so people don't, people don't have an opportunity to just drop their kid off at daycare for an extra two days next week. That's not a thing here. So we we don't have the childcare. Um, we don't even have an airport. We have to drive an hour for that wow. if you're going to travel. Right. Um, and, and so I was like, how do we bring all of this knowledge and energy and excitement here? And I said, I think, I think I'd like to host a conference. She's like, okay, so like next fall, next summer. And I was like, no, this year. She's like, (laughs) it's May. And I was like, I know. So we better get going. Like we got to get this started. And so at the time I had created Reset Bingo and it's regroup, Reevaluate, energy, stress relief, enhance your surroundings and try today. That's the acronym. And I created these reset bingo cards that anyone could play virtually with us, whether you lived in an apartment or in a house, whether you lived alone or with a family, um, in the country or in the city. Like we created all of these different activities that were like, text somebody today that you're thinking about them. Uh, Set up a virtual meeting with your best friend from, High school, even if you haven't talked to them in how many years? You know, like it was just all these different ways to to communicate and stay connected. And we went through all of these different things. What would we call the conference? What would its purpose be? You know, what's its branding gonna be? And I said, you know what? Why start something new? I already have these followers following this reset uh bingo game that we're starting. I said, I think let, let's just do that. Let's just go with it. Yeah. She's like, okay, let's go with it. So it was all these different ways that you could reset your environment at home because it sucked like there's no way around that 2020 especially if you lived alone was extremely difficult for a lot of people um and even if you didn't live alone not everybody got to have this like hang out and play with your family and you know do these fun things um at home and so that was just my way of like but you can be connected here. If you're searching for someone, I'll I'll hang out with you. This community will hang out with you. So we already had that. So that's how Reset, the conference, was born. Um, And full circle, Nick Yost, who is the roaster for Euphoria, he was one of my very first speakers, having no idea that in 2021, he would be roasting coffee for our shop in Fayette. And then in 2023, he would be roasting coffee for my now drive-through coffee shop. Yeah. So just another full circle moment. And I had him speak about building community in his workspace because of the first yeah. experience I had there. Um, And so it was just amazing to, to have it all connect later. But it's the purpose of Reset, is for me, my first business exploded, as I mentioned, year four, year five. What if it had been year two? What if I had known year one, the people that were out there who could help me, who were free to work with, the people that were out there who are very low, um, low investment? And what does it look like to invest in someone or something that can help your business? And how to figure out what a return on investment is, and and where that can come back to you personally, and your business financially in its growth, whatever that looks like. Um, and one thing I mention a lot, like um, growth mindset, right, is something that a lot of people strive to have. And we talk a lot about expanding our business and growing our business. And I think the misconception there is that it means more of something right, for your business. And I fully agree it means more, but what if it means more for you as the person running the business? And so when I come up with these ideas to grow or expand the business, it doesn't always mean more products, more hours, more staff. Right now, my biggest goal is how do I get more time with my family without sacrificing the quality that I am putting out into the community through the business? Yeah. And so that's that's where that transition of photography, that's nights and weekends. Yeah. That is like, when people are is. getting married. That's <laughs> when they're taking pictures, right? And when you have kids that are in, and not not even just when you have kids, right? Like, that's even when date night happens that's mm-hmm. when that's when family of reunions happen that's when your friends want to get together and i was realizing like i put in a lot of hours a lot of hours in those first few years and yeah. thankfully our kids don't remember me being gone as much as i did cuz it was in a really early part of their life but this third time around i was like i'm not doing that again I don't want to not remember certain things because I was just so tired or working so many hours. And so this time around, it was, how do I get more time with my family? I closed my storefront and worked from home again. And renting out the storefront space to someone else allowed me to bring in the same amount of money, but take four less weddings that year. And and every year after that, right? So that expansion was actually me stepping back and and having someone else have that space and and that opportunity for their business, um, and so likewise, like when it comes to, we need you need to be better than better than last year. You need to be more efficient than last year. You need to be maybe you don't, and and that's really what it comes down to with reset is regroup, reevaluate. What do you want, not what do other people want for you. Not what are other people saying you need. But if you take a step back and you're like, the the excitement for what I created in that business five years ago, 10 years ago, last year, isn't here and I'm exhausted. I'm mentally, I'm physically exhausted. What do I want in order to be the best person, spouse, mom, coworker, boss? whatever that is for you. And I, and I say person first always, right? Because you're going to, you're going to have a lot of other people in your life, but you're the only person that works up, wakes up with you every day mm-hmm. for your entire life, start to finish. You're the only person that's in every single day of it. And we have to, we have to put ourselves first. If we're going to teach our staff how to be the best version of themselves, if we're going to teach our coworkers, our kids, whatever that looks like, we have to start with that regroup, that reevaluation. What it, what is my purpose? What is my purpose with this business? Where am I wanting to spend my time? And especially this time of year, uh, when we're, we're surrounded by holidays and family gatherings and friend opportunities and and all of these options, we can let the responsibilities weigh on us and control us, or we can be in control of of where that presence is, where that mindset is, what what we're letting take up space and energy and time. And so so growth and expansion, that could mean expanding the time you have at home. Yeah. And and growing the relationships around you
0: totally and that's where we align to brittany is just that intentional i call it, intentional entrepreneurship you know i think in the early years there's a period where you do have to hustle and grind and that is mm-hmm. kind of the expectation when you start right but then you reach a point where and i see it happen all the time i've experienced that burnout myself where it's just you lose your passion because yeah you don't have any time for yourself or you don't get to enjoy the time with your family and you know we take these journeys into entrepreneurship to gain more time back right that's ultimately mm-hmm. we want is the freedom of business ownership but when you don't actually build a business that allows you to have that freedom you actually right. feel trapped and like you are chained to your business and i know i mm-hmm. felt like that um towards the end of owning my first business and that was not what i intended it to be so being able to step back and say yeah I think my actual mantra for moving into 2024 is less is more. Like I want to spend less time working and have a greater output, right? I'm still going Mm -hmm. to have a a large amount of revenue and sales and profitability is huge, right? It doesn't matter how much money you make if you don't have a profit margin that is good and that you can live on and not just live on, but to Grow and do all the things that you want to do and set out to do with your business. So, I mm-hmm. love that piece of just knowing what, like you were saying, asking yourself, what does success look like to you? Because it's mm-hmm. going to be different than probably when you first started your business. I mean, I was yep. 20 when I started my first business. You were probably around the same age when you started yeah. photography. And yep. what You thought of success at that point is way different than your version of success right now because you've changed and grown. So, of course, that's going to evolve. So not only taking it from that perspective of like it's not the same as what you originally had, but also everyone around you, right, our version of success is totally different than the person next to you or the other business owners that you spend time with, or maybe they're not business owners, but just knowing what that is for you is so important. So I have one final question and that is what drives your soul today and what do you get up for each morning?
1: Oh man, that is a great one. I There are so many different ways to answer this question. Um, And I would say one of my favorite things that I've really taken time to embrace over the last year in particular is I was never a runner. Like I would be the joke of like, I'm running because something is chasing me. Um, And it was always a form of punishment, right? So it was never something you did for fun and i very slowly over the last year and a half i've started doing that but with running i have seen so many more sunrises in the last year and a half than i have in my entire life i have had so much more energy in the day on the days that that i run i just i'm not dragging in the afternoon um but it's it's also been that little bit of time I have for myself, um, that I can verbally and physically show the family. This is, this is my time. You can come with me. You can come with me at any point in time. And I will run at my 10 year old's pace, which he likes (laughs) to sprint at the end and save it all when I am like huffing and puffing. Um, so he can win at the end, but, um, it really just comes down to those little appreciations that i wasn't prioritizing in those first 5 10 years even like i thought i was i thought i was really appreciating the opportunities the people what i was seeing around me but now it's just taking that those few extra minutes in the morning granted when it's warmer outside i'm not a winter runner it's this is a tough time of year I agree. Um, with you. It's, it's so <laughs> hard. I try to say it could be worse if we were in Alaska or something, I don't know. But um, but just to like really soak it in, I'm just mm-hmm. so thankful for the beauty that is Decorah. And, and we live in a valley and we're surrounded by a bluff that changes with the seasons. Yeah. And I'm like, people vacation here, right? Mm-hmm. And I can... I can navigate these trails for the first time in my life. I can run through the woods here for honestly a couple, maybe three miles. More than that's an accident. I've gotten lost. But uh I can navigate that space and go back home again. And I live here. Like I live in a place people vacation to in a community that is just so beautiful. And it's it, the irony of it all is I say like any problem can be solved with like a cup of hot coffee and some conversation. And so just taking time to appreciate that cup of coffee, the people around me, and literally what I'm looking at as I have that, those are the best days. And that doesn't happen every day. I'm not living this magical world where like my kids skip to school, I put my feet up and like drink a cup of coffee at home. Um, but the time that I can take sitting. Like, looking at the Christmas tree right now, um, uh, mm-hmm. with the lights on because the sun doesn't rise till seven thirty in the morning. I <laughs> um, but I but the the choice is that. the choice is to be like, yep. oh, it's dark till seven thirty. or I can look at my lights in the morning and at night, and they look mm-hmm. so beautiful because it's still dark outside. Exactly. I can I can look. It. I have my cheers cup. I I chose intentionally for today um, because that's it. how I sign. That's how I sign all of my emails. It's just like cheers. Like cheers to you to what you're doing, yes. no matter what's in your cup, right? Like cheers in whatever way works for you. And and I'm here to to cheer you on to literally cheer you on. And you know, likewise, this cup faces me as well. It says cheers on both sides, and it's like we got this we got this day, we've got this moment, embrace it. They're not always peaceful. They're not always, the days don't always go the way that we want them to, but man, if you can take a moment to just really soak something up today, I hope, I hope that improves everyone's day just for those, for those couple of seconds that you get to do it.
0: Yes, I love that. And I love that we have both taken up running within the last year. And I agree, because I live in lacrosse and we have very similar yep. like beauty in our space as yes. well. Running through the seasons. Oh, fall was my favorite. Like just taking it in. I have had more insights and like intuition ideas and things come to me while I'm running
1: mm-hmm.
0: than like Absolutely. Any- it's like that time where you shut your brain off of like the problems or the, the things that are like worrying you and you tap into that like higher self and whatever you believe, you know, God yeah. or universe. You just I have gotten so many hits of like inspiration while I'm running yeah. and I am so grateful for those moments as well. And I yeah. want winter to be over so that I can get out. I know. <laughs> If you
1: can figure out how to take notes while you're running, please let me know because that is the one downfall. The best ideas. It's like when you're sleeping right at night and you like wake up and you're like, where's my notebook? And then you fall back asleep and forget to write it down. I am like always in the middle of nowhere with like barely reception to even take a note on my phone during that time, you know? And I'm like, dang it. Do I have to start running with like a mini notebook in my my pack? Like... I totally agree. Those are some of the best. And and like you said, you just take that moment to just clear your mind. I might be upset about something, excited about something, but that little boost, that adrenaline rush that like gets me out there. And and I just want to also say for people who are listening that are like I will not run unless my house it you know like whatever it is. Um it doesn't have to be we are not sprinting. I mean maybe you are. Maybe you are sprinting. Um, I
0: I would hardly call myself a runner. I'm more or less doing it for the enjoyment of getting outside, spending time with my dog. And I, like I said, I'm loving these hits of inspiration that I'm getting. So, yeah. 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 I just think there's... I just
1: encourage people to try it, right? Like, as you were saying, yeah. like, or walking, walking, any every day. sort of
0: movement. Yeah.
1: Yes. Like, understand that I am not running at a pace that is going to win any races. <laughs> And, and my husband will often ask me like, Oh, how far did you go today? Or, and I just say, I don't know. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to be discouraged that it wasn't quote fast enough. It wasn't far enough to call myself a runner. And I think that's another misconception of who's defining that who's defining what a runner is, who's defining what an athlete is at this point in our adult lives, when we're not part of organized teams anymore. Like you can be a runner and not run marathons. You can be a runner and not train for anything. It's uh, just a way to get out there and move and and take care of yourself in that yeah. way. Um, and yeah, know that there's, no one's watching how fast you're running.
0: No. Most people
1: driving past you are like, wow, good for that person. Yeah, And it exactly. doesn't matter. You could be basically walking and they're like, better you than me. I'm driving in my warm car right now. Yep. And it's like, yeah, do it. Just just go out there and find a partner or find an accountability person or that can either virtually do it with you or you can just check in or that you can actually physically go run or walk with. It's just, there's no rules. And that's, right. that's the part I, I love that- about it.
0: It's something that for me, and you probably feel the same, is that I've taken up this challenge physically and mentally at age 30. Like, you don't have to be a certain age to try something new. I just heard a a statistic the other day that was like, by the time you're 30, what was it? By the time you're 30, 85 to 90% of people will never sprint again in their entire life. By the time you're, which I was like, wow, that is sad. (laughs) Like, I am not be in that percentile. Like, I'm going to be in that that smaller percentage of people that is challenging myself physically. And so, yeah, all of this to say, just like it's not even just the physical benefits. It's really the mental and the challenge and the time to just regroup, get some new ideas, inspiration get out in nature, connect back mm-hmm. to yourself and your higher power, and I love that that we have that in common. So, this was yeah, such definitely. a fun conversation and I'm yeah. so excited to be part of Innovision on January 4th, um sharing more wisdom and experience with us. So, Brittany, where can we find you? If we want to So continue- you can
1: yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on social media on Instagram and Facebook at Brittany Todd official. Brittany is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y, uh, T-O-D-D official and, uh, my website, Brittany and, um, or via email resetiowa spelled out, um, at gmail.com. So any of those ways, You will get to me if you happen to instead find Mill Street Mocha or Sugar Bowl. That's also me. So you can find me on all the platforms. I will message you somehow back and um, we can connect that way. But I'm definitely looking forward to the fourth and the incredible lineup that you have planned. So thank you so much for today and for the invitation on that.
0: Absolutely. Until next time, keep following what drives your soul. Are you ready to take your business vision to new heights in 2024? Join us on Thursday, January 4th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. for our very first InnoVision Small Business Strategies webcast. The best part, you can join from anywhere in the comfort of your home. The world is ever-changing and how we do business requires us to evolve and change too, which is why we put together this webcast of six powerhouse female small business owners to share new innovative tools, strategies, and insights to help you take your business to new heights in the new year. You can learn from these business owners that are actively working in and scaling their own business to hear what's working for them, grow your knowledge and your skills to succeed. Plus, you get to connect with tons of other female small business owners from across the country that are growth minded just like you. There's a free ticket and a VIP option. Head over to sistercircle.co to sign up and save your seat for this innovative to elevate your business vision in the coming year. I hope to see you there. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Soul Driven with Steph. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it out with someone else who needs to hear this message. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you know when new episodes drop. And until next time, be sure to take care of your mind, your body, and your soul.